0: Welcome to the Bloody Broads pod. Wear your Bloody Broads. I'm Bhavna Sharma.
1: And I'm Jamie Howard. We are your horror guides from page to screen and everything in between. We're so glad you're here. This episode is kicking off our back to school month. And how are we celebrating back to school even though we're not in school, Bhavna?
0: We're covering it by uh, start... We're sorry, we're starting it off by covering... RL Stein's Goosebumps series, and we've each picked our own favorite.
1: Correct. Today. And who doesn't love goosebumps? I feel like if you were born in a certain time, you have such visceral memories of this series, both the TV show and the books. Uh, but yes. we're gonna focus on the books. Like Bhavna said, we have her choice this week. Next week we'll talk about my favorite. So, Bhavna, why don't you uh why don't you tell the people why this is your favorite goosebumps book and what it is. <laughs>
0: Yes. So first of all, it's, it came from beneath the sink is my favorite. Woo! Um, <laughs> please don't look under my sink. Please don't. Please right. Don't ever ask <laughs> like if you look sink. under my
1: sink right now, you're going to find basically half of Sephora and I'm not going to apologize for that. And then some like expired, like probably, you know, lotion and stuff. <laughs> I probably should have thrown out a long time ago that I got for Christmas. Like, you know how your family always gets you like, <laughs> the bath and body works set every what year what is
0: it what was it from the 90s to keep it all like Goosebumps 90s whatever it was, it was like Calgon i believe was There's the Calgon which is yep.
1: which is more like late 80s early 90s but it, yep. in the 90s specifically we had um what was the melon scent from bath and body works oh, cucumber melon yes. oh yeah that was it that that and was japanese
0: Brathen. cherry blossom
1: that was i was a japanese cherry blossom girl but also so was I. yes and i'm very much still a uh When I go to visit my parents, my bathroom is just – my mom keeps it stocked with uh, the French vanilla scents that they sell because there's, like, 14 different, you
0: know, versions. Mine is the uh, Rosewater Ivy. (gasps) Yes. I haven't been to Bath and Body Works in years. You guys can't see me, but I've definitely got, like, two Rosewater Ivy uh, candles in the back there. (laughs) The three white
1: ones. (laughs) It just feels appropriate because, you know – The 90s are having kind of a mini resurgence right now, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And that was when we were in elementary, beginning of middle school. And yeah, yeah, I think we can all look back on the uh, Scholastic Book Fair fondly.
0: That's, and I'm so glad you brought up the Scholastic Book Fair because that's exactly why this is my favorite. So I didn't really buy a lot of books growing up um when I was younger because you know didn't have an allowance I have two younger brothers money has to go elsewhere like we weren't dirt poor or anything but it's still like books were a tiny bit of a luxury the only reason I ever got them was because my mom's a reader as well so like every now and then she'd buy me some and those are the books I've kind of held on to as I look longingly at my four Sabrina the Teenage Witch books in the corner Uh, classics classics but Goosebumps was this was the only Goosebumps book that I ever owned So it's the one I've read the most. It's the one I, like, you know, bonded with the most. It's the only copy I think I still have somewhere in this house. (laughs) But, like, um, but it was the only one I had, so I coveted it. Like, yeah, I read other books. I read most of the other Goosebumps books, like, you know, but I was a library kid. So I would always go and borrow it from the school library. Um, that and the Bailey School Kids, if anyone ever read those ones. Those were, like, the oh, really yeah. fun ones that were, like, you know, vampire doesn't drink pink lemonade and yeah. stuff like that, like those titles. But um, that's why it's my favorite. Also, because at the time when I read this, I'm an older sister, and I only had one younger brother at the time. Or like, the youngest brother was a baby, so he didn't count because he wasn't really, like... <laughs> a thorn in my side just yet sorry love you always if you're listening to this while you edit uh, i know he's gonna be like hey <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to that part while we while you edit i'm so sorry but um no i only had the one younger brother and we were like that annoying like we were the dynamic of cat and daniel
1: oh <laughs> but there's except so a lot more violent <laughs> listen there's a lot of shoving and hitting in this book and i was like whoa my parents were definitely not as cool as this girl's parents
0: Oh no, my mom was definitely like their mom because she would just be like this is between you guys just fucking stop like <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> you don't hit your younger brother. You you don't pull your sister's hair like you know. I love that though.
1: That's so like this book and it's I mean not just this one in the series but goosebumps in general represents for me such a saccharine recollection of childhood, you know, like It's very Leave It to Beaver, but also deeply 90s.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's so 90s in that sense of, like, it was still that, like, it's, how do I explain it? You know how those memes go around that, like, oh, don't mess with the Gen Xers. Like, we stayed out till the lamplights.
1: (laughs) Side note, I hate generational memes. I hate them. I'm like, please, like, I'm so annoyed every time I see it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm like, but... This era in the 90s, which I might remember a little better than you, only because yeah. I'm slightly older, was like, I still stayed out till, like, the lights came back on. Like, my parents were still like, all right, you can take, you're eight years old, take your four-year-old brother to the park until <laughs> light's out. Like here's, never, yeah. like, here's a watch. My parents would
1: never. Yeah.
0: Here's a watch. Come back. Yeah. I mean, but I also here. had way overprotective parents, but yeah. So did I. So did I, but, and we were raised with my grandparents. My grandparents couldn't go out to the park with us for that long right. because they were older and my grandmother had a pacemaker, the ones that, grandma li- grandmother that lived with me, but also too, they were overprotective, but in the weird Indian way where like my dad's family is very much like anti-social life. So like <laughs> the siblings could do things together. You can go to the park together. You can have fun together in limited quantities, but like Jonathan from down the street couldn't come with you. Um... It's weird. There's a lot of things to unpack with that one. No, I mean, <laughs> don't I, get have yeah, but no, like, I get it. We time for. Yeah, I get it. And that's not typical of all Indians. That's literally just my grandparents. That's how, <laughs> how they are. Um, my one set. The other set were very social. So it's very like, take it or leave it. But anyway, we would. my parents would send me with my brothers to the park. Not the pool, but the park. But the um, park at the park and any park and like you know corner store buy some freezies ice cream trucks coming like blah 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 so like my brother was glued to my hip for better or for worse like i remember even taking him to like my friend's birthday party because my mom was like take your brother with you because here's the thing we didn't have babysitters
1: oh okay see very fair i i only had a few because my brother's six years older than me right so i had kind of the opposite dynamic
0: you were the flip side I was the caretaker side. You were the cared for side.
1: Well, uh, my brother wanted nothing to do with me until I was about probably like 11 or 12. And by then I, you know, didn't have a babysitter. But yeah, it's it's funny because these characters in this book definitely remind me still of our siblings. Like, you know, like your relationship with your brother, my relationship with my brother. But, and Mindy Kaling tweeted this. Uh, earlier today, Love her. and yeah, she tweeted this earlier today, and now I can't unsee it. She was yeah. like, "Wow, what was with the '90s and having brothers and sisters flirt with each other?" Because <laughs> of reading this book as an adult, first of all, reading a Goosebumps book as an adult is still very fun. A plus plus recommend. It took me like a couple of hours across a weekend to finish it. Yeah, um, just, I you know not gonna lie, I reread
0: it all this today while I was at work. So
1: good, so cute. Yeah. But the brother and the sister are like, like, Kat is weirdly, like, antagonistic in her brother in a way that is portrayed in 90s movies as flirting. And I'm like, it's so true. Like, (laughs) I never thought of it
0: until then. And that Mindy Kaling tweet, to be quite fair, is... With white families on TV. With white, correct, white families on TV. Brothers and sisters are always, like, flirty with each other. And it's like, I can't, like you said, I can't unsee that now, especially with the way, like you just said. Like, Kat's kind of, like, weirdly.
1: She's, well, I mean, then this ties back into something else you and I were talking about even before we started recording is that Mm -hmm. I think, especially for who he is, and especially for when these books were written, R.L. Stein does such a good job of giving female characters their own personas. Like, even the children are people. Like, they're fully fleshed out people. And I think that's what made coming back to Goosebumps books really easy for us. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I didn't read it and go, oh, God, I'm in a time machine. Like, even for technology and stuff, I didn't. Like, this could have been today. 100%. This could have been them down the road today. Like, that's how this this read to me as and um I feel like and giving Kat the the lead like I feel like he tapped into like the little girl mind a little too well in some ways right <laughs> <laughs> like like because I've been there like that's part of why I identified so hard with this book because I was essentially Cat, but like you know not white and not flirty with my brother but <laughs> and i would totally get up to shit like that like and for people that haven't read the book like i'm sorry i'm gonna spoil the 20 something year old book for you oh, <laughs> it's almost yeah, 30 it's like year 20, old book yeah i was gonna say it's like 25 years old <laughs> yeah is that so basically these are two siblings cat and daniel they just moved into a new house and they they like to prank each other so brother pulls a prank on her on his sister uh daniel pulls a prank on cat and she has to for some reason has to look under the sink and she puts her hand in there and gets bitten by something. And it ends up being something they think is this moldy old sponge. Which, come on, guys. Let's be real. How many of you have at least one of those little things? On so sink? gross.
1: If the way they so, describe this thing is so nasty. Like, they, they use the word throbbing and pulsating a lot for a children's book. And the sound effects. It was just like. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Oh, I know. They make it, like, um, very uh, jason i don't i don't know why but they make you yeah, jason
0: they do and so yeah the kids find it it comes to life more and more starts getting violent starts like biting at them all this shit like to the point where she even buries it in the yard and like tries that's to get rid my, of it but it comes back
1: <laughs> that's my favorite part of the whole movie that little the movie lord help me the book sorry y'all i got excited because i it was so funny Um, they bury it in the yard to try to get rid of it. And it kills their brand new houses, entire backyards worth of plants. Like the roses that her dad worked on all this stuff. Oh, and, uh, it kills me because I'm just like, my parents would have whooped my ass if I, not literally before people are like worried about how I was raised, but like if I would have screwed up their entire landscaping in a backyard, like even in like 1996, landscaping was not cheap.
0: And roses are not cheap at all. Right.
1: Like ah. she was, she was also very calm because that particular scene happens on her birthday. She, yeah. as a thirteen-year-old girl, reacts very calmly to her birthday being canceled. Now she's oh, upset.
0: Yes, but I would have been self-destructive upset. <laughs> right.
1: she's like well I guess this is okay because at least me and my whole family are together fiction that's how you know it's fiction because let me tell you as a 13 year old I was a hellion I absolutely would have been oh my god off the walls angry
0: this is why if you're going to throw me a surprise party or if you're going to do any kind of surprise for me I love them I do love surprises but do not pull that like we cancelled something or like it's cancelled or it's ruined because I won't be able to contain myself and I will ruin it I'll be like fuck this what kind of fucking shit is this like you guys don't want like of course my birthday like i would just go off the rails so that when it happens i would have to eat my own shit and i don't want that so please don't do that for me
1: (laughs) i was just shocked that cat was like oh well at least i buried the because we come to find out this little sponge thingy is called a gruel because her brother finds a encyclopedia of the weird in their school yes. library which like what a fucking cool book to have in your school library
0: right i thought that was so cool i thought it was cool that my library stocked what is it uh the stinky cheese man and yes. other
1: like and stories. Other stories yeah there's yeah. also you know captain underpants which i was like shook oh, that yes. my very conservative christian private school had um yeah.
0: But yeah, I was playing cool like, with that, but Encyclopedia of the Weird, I would be I taking that so. out every week.
1: <sighs> right? I mean, that's kind of how I felt about Goosebumps in general, right? Like, this was our escape into the spooky that was socially acceptable, especially for my parents who were always over my shoulder, you know, yeah. trying to check what I read and what I watched and everything. But, yeah, she's so calm about it being her birthday, and they're supposed to go to a theme park, and instead you are having cake and ice cream with your family, With your little brother and your mom and dad, like when you're supposed to have fun with your
0: friends, and
1: (laughs) it's your 13th birthday. Like, I remember, especially again in the early 2000s, like height of Disney Channel original movie lifetime, you know, series. I just remember turning 13 and it being the biggest deal that I was finally a teenager. And so I just cannot imagine her reacting this calmly, but they preface it. And kind of, you know, give it context in the book as, oh, well, at least I'm still alive. Because the whole reason she can't get rid of the gruel is if you give it away to someone, you're supposed to die the next day. Which is such a dark plot point for a yeah, children's it's, book.
0: Which, to bring up that point, which is even more hilarious, because she knows that. And then she tries to give it away to Daniel's best friend, Carlo. And she's I, just like, here, take it. And Daniel's like, no, give it back, give it back. And she's just like, shrug. Take it. And Daniel's just like, I'm trying to save you, you idiot. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, then we get that super brutal scene of her smashing it with a book over and over again.
0: And I could picture it. Throwing it, it perfect- against a wall, smashing yes! it with a
1: book. <laughs> Smash it with a hammer. Like, yeah. I, I could picture it perfectly in my head, you know, reading this as a kid and even reading it as an adult. She describes it like coming apart in little pieces and then the pieces slowly morphing back together, which just. Oh, that made my skin crawl.
0: It was so same, nasty. Same. Same. It was so gross and so slimy. I <laughs> even reading this as, like, a 30-something, like, I was just like, ew, R.L. sign, ew. What the ew. fuck? <laughs> like, like, ew. I know. We, um, both, we both just did a little bit of Lexus. So we were like, ew. ew R.L., <laughs> um, but no, seriously though, like it was very descriptive for a sixty-something page book. It was very descriptive. Again, I read the words
1: throbbing,
0: pulsating,
1: squ- moist, squelching, <laughs> squelching's in there several times because she goes into a um after she gets it out of the ground and then tries to smash it or whatever. Carlo comes over to play video games because they have the day off school or whatever and takes it. Mm-hmm. He, and then he gets into that bike accident. And when they're, like, looking for it, there's definitely some nods to adult horror movies yeah. um, and horror stories because uh, we get a moment in the sewer, which is obviously a nod to it. Um, when she has to go down and get it out of the sewer.
0: Yeah. What? <laughs> like... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, okay, maybe it's just because like I didn't grow up in the neighborhoods that would have those kinds of grates. Because all the grates in my neighborhood growing up were the manholes. They weren't really oh, okay. the side of the curb, like kind of um, grates and stuff. So, like, so growing up, when I would when I read it, when I read like this, when I read other books that have descriptions of sewers and stuff, I'm like, how big are these that like kids can fit through? <laughs> I would go You're like, like, but to the, me, I'm picturing like the circular McCoy, like yeah, great, no,
1: hilarious. No, no, that, no, no. I pictured
0: the classic,
1: you know, like, like side storm of the curb. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. See,
0: I didn't, I didn't have those in my neighborhood because I guess, I, like, I lived in an apartment building growing up, so like, could not. But you were in the actual
1: city. Yeah, this is yeah. set more in a. Well, I don't. I hesitate to say suburbia because the way they describe this house. As a full-grown adult now, I'm like, I would move there.
0: Right? The porch, the mom, I want a bedroom with I don't want a porch outside of my bedroom, I want a balcony. Excuse right.
1: Me. I was like, "What?" And the mom was like, "Oh, it just needs a little uh hammer and nails." And then the dad like almost electrocutes <laughs> himself trying to fix the lamp. It's a whole thing. It's a whole it thing. It is a whole
0: thing. I love it though. Um no, I would as a grown-up live in that house. It's a goth house. I love it. <laughs> it is. But yeah, with the gruel though, like they look up everything about it. They just know that they can't give it away. And then I forget how, but like later on, she figures out how to kill it, quote-unquote. And it's actually so hilarious. And I think Jamie has a really good point on it. So before we uh, start discussing the how she destroys
1: it and getting to the end of the book, let's take a super quick commercial break, Bob. Yes,
0: stay tuned for some free thoughts. And we're back. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. Uh, so where we left off was we we said that Kat figured out how to kill it and or destroy it. And Jamie, do you want to tell the lovely folks on how it can be killed? Yeah. So
1: for me, reading this as an adult, it was very cheesy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I felt like the Duffer Brothers ripped this For a Stranger Things (laughs) storyline, that's no shade. It's just how I feel about any story with children. Uh, She winds up being able to kill it by picking it up and saying nice things to it and like cuddling it. So she literally kills it with kindness, which like, oh, that's cute. Morality tale, you know.
0: Killed it with kindness, but also killed it with like all the things you're supposed to do if somebody's anxious. Like the pressure of a hug. Yes. The calming, soothing like tones and talking to it and reaffirming them and all that kind of stuff. So it was like she basically talked Gruel off of an entire an anxiety attack.
1: Correct. And so first of all, when they called it Gruel, of course the first thing you and I thought of was mean girls. Yeah. Um <laughs> Gruel. But I was like, oh, the gruel is literally a metaphor for OCD and anxiety as someone who is diagnosed with both. Like, it's like, I was like, oh. I'm not laughing just, at your
0: mental illness, Jamie. I'm just fine. laughing because life.
1: Listen, I laugh at it all the time. Uh It's very funny to me, though, that he, this is kind of his signature, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. if he's not doing a super dark ending, like the book we cover next week, yep. he's doing this, like. Again, Duffer Brothers-esque, even though R.L. Stein came many years before them. This whole idea of, like, friendship conquers all, love conquers all. And it's very <laughs> cute. But, like, I know for a fact, even as a kid, I was like, that's the ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, what in the scary stories to tell in the dark is this? I
1: know, hey, we also- No shade, no shade. I
0: love those. I love those But you're not
1: wrong. I mean, I just think that it's really interesting to go back and review these things, you know, through adult eyes that we loved as kids and be like, oh, look at this larger story that we probably didn't fully appreciate as a child, but especially something like this that's teaching kids, you know, if you have something in your life that seems to take joy Mm -hmm. (laughs) from- bad things happening to you, which is literally how the gruel gets its power. Is like every time it causes an accident, like the dad falling off the ladder or the little boy crashing his bike, she takes it to school and the teacher like slams her fingers in a drawer, which was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it grows stronger every time these negative things happen. And so I think it's really interesting to make the antidote to that for her to pick it up and like coddle it.
0: Exactly. It's literally garbage brain it is the gruel is our garbage brain Bhavna. yes the gruel is our garbage brain it's a literally garbage brain sorry for talking over you there like i no, i just got good. excited because it literally clicked in my head because think about it a dirty nasty sponge that only gets more and more vis- vicious as the negative thoughts like it's almost like if a dementor could snowball
1: uh, uh, i am gagged that's exactly what it is and for those who have never heard the term garbage brain, Bava and I unfortunately did not coin that, but I wish we did. No. Um no, garbage I wish brain, we did. <laughs> I know. Garbage brain is what a lot of people in the mental health community and also people who struggle with anxiety or depression in general call it when our brains are having a bad day. <laughs> when your brain yeah. is just not doing what it's supposed to, when you're being an asshole to yourself. When you and have
0: intrusive thoughts.
1: Yes. And that's exactly what this is such a clear allegory for it's it makes me very happy as an adult to go back and read this and be like, wow, this slaps. Like <laughs> Yeah.
0: No, it does. And honestly, like as a kid, fine. I related to the things on the surface level. I related to the emotions, like everything on a face value kind of a way. But I'm like this book and like another book. It's not a horror book, but it's another book I would recommend for people to read to kind of heal their inner inner child um, is finding audrey by sophie kinsella um yeah i don't know if anyone's read that one but that's another one for anyone that is depressed has depression has garbage brain in general <sighs> like i would read that one too to kind of like not heal your inner child or whatever tiktok buzz therapy buzzword whatever is going out on there again no shade to any of that it's more like if you want to forgive yourself a little bit, read these books. And I would definitely take all of that is to say that I would take this book and I would definitely like hand it to a kid I feel is struggling. Yeah. It's just be a way like, to be seen. There you go. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, it, they feel seen reading it. You feel seen reading it as an adult. Like, yeah, I think there's a hesitancy to identify with characters in books. Once you get past a certain age, because mm-hmm. I know for me as a teenager, I, a teenager that was obsessed with reading I definitely over-identified with some characters in books. Same and I definitely person. lived vicariously through characters in books like Goosebumps or Fear Street, um, any Christopher Pike novels. Like, Oh, my
0: God, yes.
1: Like, I absolutely over-identified with them as a child because I was so fearful of the world around me. Yeah. You know, we talk about this all the time, but Columbine had, like, just happened when I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Like, that is it was like maybe a year after kindergarten for me, so maybe first grade, but yeah, that was horrifying to me that school, the one place that I loved to be, because I love to have access to all the books and all the, you know, coloring and seeing my friends and n- nap time, like <laughs> what I wish I could have as an adult. Like it's books were this like very safe place for me to experience a range of emotions. And I still feel that way about horror. Like it's a way for me to, have those feelings and and sort of rehearse our anxiety, which is, you know, the phrase that gets used in academic papers of exploring why people enjoy horror so much. But it's so true. Like Kat in particular is such a good example of like a great grounded in reality female character that to be honest, like maybe I'm just out of the loop because I don't really read YA anymore, but I feel like a lot of characters are lacking that now <laughs> and this yeah. is not an especially
0: deep book like I'm not saying no. this is some masterpiece but it's cute you know no no I agree like there are um like I haven't read um recent YA in a very long time like yeah. I gave up in my 20s at some point I think yeah um but I have a lot of friends who are librarians so like that's why I kept up with it a little bit like children's librarians to be fair and like I want to say like it's not as lighthearted as this anymore either so the fully fleshed out ones you Mm. get are the kids that have been tortured you don't get the non-tortured kids you don't get like the kids that like didn't have something traumatic happen to them like it as fully fledged anymore in YA it's a lot of like it's like the Disney rules, you know? No parents or
1: something. Yeah, and I also think it's kind of a post Hunger Games world.
0: You know what I mean? That was exactly what I was trying to reference. Like hell, even looking at Harry Potter, yeah. like that kid would went through fucking hell and back. <laughs> and still got Literally. Like shit. Literally went to hell and came <laughs> back. Like you know, well, fine, no man's land or whatever the whatever fuck. they call. But yeah but you know things like that like that that became the norm like even i'm looking sorry i'm looking at my YA shelf right now and like even like i'm looking at the book thief excuse me oh, oh you know wow. i'm looking at the book thief i'm looking at the messenger same same author yeah um i'm looking at well obviously hunger games i'm looking at john green books like oh see that's the one thing i never got into was his stuff but I I got into it right like right before the cusp of like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have and then I just stopped so I've only yeah. read like maybe two or three books.
1: I was just too I mean full transparency on an unrelated note I was way too cynical to enjoy those books as a teenager I was very jaded but I kept coming back to horror and even Goosebumps as a teenager because it was a lot of nostalgia and it's a lot of um again just revisiting our inner child it doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing to Mm quote-unquote heal your inner child which I'm such a proponent of and I'm also a big fan of uh, I call it healing my inner angry teenager um but it's (laughs) it's really interesting to me what this process has been like for you and I to go back through and pick our favorite goosebumps and Mm -hmm. to read these books and to have that visceral reaction again because I mean I say this all the time but my happiest memories are around like reading and spooky things, and nine times out of ten, reading spooky things. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> same. I mean, it's partially why we're friends. I mean, yeah, not uh, aside from the obvious reasons we're friends, but like, <laughs> it's partially why we bonded. It's like, uh, just though and why we actually started this pod too was to not cover I'm glad we're finally covering a book was to not just cover movies or TV shows or things like that but was to cover books and other things like this and uh honestly to go on the tangents that you just went on as well, like I didn't even think about these thoughts until I went back to read it. And like, until I had to think of like, why is this my favorite? Like, yeah. why did I bond with it? And it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't even think about for years about how formative it was until I picked up the book for this pod. Like I find that a little bit mind blowing, like that something could be so integral to my life. And I didn't even fucking think about it.
1: Well, and to like, we were reading this at such a young age. I mean, I was just thinking how funny it was that like the sister gets some sick burns in. Uh, she says some of the funniest nineties digs. Like if you want to hear or read some true nineties slang, pick up this book, pick up his audiobook. It's so good. And then there's also a nod to, um, well, kind of a nod to practical magic with the aunt. I think her name's aunt Carol. Can't care. Yep. 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 uh, She's described as having black curly hair, which I think of uh, Sandra Bullock in Practical Magic. And she wears, quote, florally long dresses. She drives a yellow convertible. And then the cat introduces her as really cool. She's into, like, tarot cards. And I was like, same, girl. (laughs) The way they described it, Carol, I was like, okay, we would be besties if you were a real person and not a
0: fictional character in a book. Yes. Exactly, and I mean, haven't we all just turned into Aunt Carol now? Right, like Sam's <laughs> the
1: bright. I do not have a bright yellow convertible, unfortunate. But no, the way that she not yet, not yet. Um, maybe a pink one. Who knows? But the way that she talks about her aunt is so sweet because I can picture that being like the fun aunt clearly, and. I've made no secret that I'm not having children. And so I'm like, Oh, I'm yeah. I'm like the cool, fun, child-free aunt. Like, absolutely. I'll spoil my ne- nephews and nieces, but it's really yes. funny to me to hear her describe her aunt this way. And just immediately I was like, Oh yeah, no, that's, that's me.
0: <laughs> Goals.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Goals. Uh, no, it's, oh it's, oh uh, gosh. and, the 90s slang just took me back because it's not even something I noticed because I was a 90s kid. So, exactly. like, I didn't even notice it. And I'm just like, oh, I know what that means. Like, oh, I know that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, but if and we then, handed
1: this to a kid now, they would 100% be asking us what some of those words mean. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I'm like I can't even think of an example off the top of my head now because that's how 90s I am that I'm like what do you mean it's not slang anymore. Well
1: I'll tell you <laughs> one of the burns that really cracked me up is when mm-hmm. he shows her the encyclopedia of weird she's like oh do they have your picture in there oh yes. and I was like that's such mm-hmm. a like I didn't a sis- sibling thing to do to each other. I didn't even think of that as '90s because I'm like, I say that
0: now, <laughs> right? I, mean, I go like, I go, oh, this is you,
1: <laughs> like, right? But we do it with memes now instead of, yeah. you know, physical media. Wow, wow. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, oh, physical god. media, but, rip.
1: <laughs> I know, but yeah. Overall, uh, what do we give this book, Bhavna? How many, uh, how many rules?
0: <laughs> I'm hella fucking biased, so I'm gonna give it about four rules out of five. Same. No, same. I think this is a four out of five gruels.
1: It's very cute. If you haven't read it, please go back and
0: treat yourself. Please do, because I feel like it's one of the lesser known Goosebumps ones of the time, too, which is probably how I got it at the book fair, because nobody wanted to fucking buy it. Um, If we're being quite honest. But no, I would give it four gruels out of five. I feel like this is a great um if anybody just wanted an indicator of what rl stein's like like mm-hmm. novels were like in a non-scary but like four kids kind of way this is it and the way he writes jamie correct me if i'm wrong if you don't see it this way but i see it as like a little television movie in my oh, head as it's and going this is, through yeah it
1: perfectly translated to television too because this is one of the ones they ended up turning into an episode of the tv show
0: Yes, they did, and it wasn't at the time that I bought it, but it was afterwards. And I was remember watching it, being like,
1: "Ah, oh. I know, I might, I might." Since we're covering my choice of book next week, I might go back and rewatch that episode as well. Um, yeah, just because I think it's all on Amazon Prime or Paramount Plus. I don't know.
0: I believe Anyways. so. We can find it through the magic of the internet.
1: Correct. <laughs> uh, well, my closing thought is just that I'm super thankful we picked goosebumps is our back to school feature because it's bringing up a lot of really good memories and it's giving me that like perfect we're getting into spooky season like I mean spooky season for you and I is year-round and then like spooky shopping season started in like mid-July when like the crafting stores started putting Halloween themed you know stuff out but this is the perfect transition from summer kind of back into fall for me like revisiting Mm -hmm. those childhood stories
0: now can we do back to school shopping and instead of school, it's just a trip to Sephora, <laughs>
1: Sephora and Office Max. If we're being real, because you and Let's I burn through notebooks or and pens, or Michaels, because we burn through notebooks and pens, and also crafting supplies. Like we're yep. getting paid to do it.
0: <laughs> Guess what, folks? This isn't a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Um- Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, man. Um. No, guys, I I second exactly what you said. It's giving that, like, nice back-to-school vibe. It's, ugh. Now I just want to go back and watch the show. That and Tales from the Crypt Keeper.
1: Oh, Tales from the Crypt goes off. I could have a whole, don't even get me started, Tales from the Crypt is what I used to watch when I would have really bad insomnia as a kid. We'll have to talk about that maybe in a bonus episode or something because my mom was like, you cannot buy a doll of the Crypt Keeper like as a child she
0: was like you You can't have that I was like no why you wanted one too I wanted one so
1: bad they sold them as Halloween decorations and I'll never forget the first time I saw one my Uh, mom was like immediately no that is not of God she was like no no (laughs) I also
0: like if you want to know like how um uh, how without the internet I lived I didn't know until the end until I was maybe in my uh in my teens like the early 2000s that uh Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Crypt Keeper were two different shows. What? One's a cartoon. The other's the live action-y puppet Today one. I learned. Today I, I only learned watched the cartoon. I had no idea. Yep. Two different shows. <laughs> Dropping and then, bombs
1: at the end of episodes,
0: Bob. Oh, yeah. But, like, we, we're going off on a tangent here, but you know you listen to us, so you know we just have the one brain cell that we just pass along. Pass back but and forth but in the 90s the 90s were fucking lit for okay. children's horror content okay. like you had uh what was it um i forgot the name of the show but like the premise was it happened to a friend of a friend of mine and it was these two little bugs in like this little diner like these two little puppet bugs and then they would be like this is a true story it happened to a friend of a friend of mine and then it would I launch into a cartoon i think it was in canada on ytv so oh, like i was like I where yeah. you at But the thing was, we got so much American content filtered through these Canadian channels that I genuinely can't tell you what was Canadian and what was American. Right, 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 yeah. Um, Because it was the same channel that had Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Crypt Keeper. That Ghost Rider, which I thought I made up for the longest time because no one ever watched it. Uh, Ghost Rider was great. Um, I remember the Purple Blob episode. There was, oh, God, what else was there? I just
1: loved Are You Afraid of the Dark and All Real Monsters.
0: Are You Afraid of the Dark? Canadian classic.
1: Yes, and and all real monsters. That was a big one for me. Oh
0: God, yeah. But like, think about it. All of these, and for all ages. Like, you had you had stuff for the little little kids that was horror. Then you had stuff for like the middle school kids, and then you had some for the teenagers. And it was all like you could watch it with your family. We had Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like, yeah, that was slightly more wholesome than horror, but still oopy spoopy occulty. Um, man, what happened? Like, what we, happened? Where did we the sound kids soul, it? But it's all yeah, good. We do, <laughs> but I can't think of anything right now. Write us if you think of anything that's like what 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 horror content would you show your kids now? Like yeah, what we, is something that's kid-friendly now?
1: Yeah. Please share your thoughts. Uh, I know yes. we covered some favorite Halloween episodes of TV last year for our Halloween mini minisodes, so if you yes. want to contribute to those, uh feel free. Feel free. Um, I think those are pretty solid for some final thoughts. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think next week we are covering my favorite, uh, goosebumps, which you will hear all about then. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, guys, you can follow us as at bloody broads pod anywhere. We are on social media. You can listen to us anywhere you find podcasts. You can write us an email, bloody at gmail.com. We're also on Anchor as anchor.fm slash bloody dash broads. And a fun feature that is on Anchor that we have now is you can leave us a voicemail. So if you want to leave us a voicemail, give us your thoughts on the episode, kids, horror, whatever you want to talk about. Keep it short, under two minutes, under, you know, good time frame. We might be able to feature you on the show. And don't forget about our Patreon. Bhavna has some pretty amazing uh, newsletters coming out. We have some bonus episodes for you. And
0: I think that's about it. That's a that's about it. And uh, I please, we do encourage you to use that phone in feature. It's like if you're a Canadian, you remember Speaker's Corner. It's like that, but for us. <laughs> so <laughs> we'd love to hear from you and feature you guys as well.
1: Amazing. Well, until next week.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs>